Kira, uh, shush. What's hey. the dog's name? Oh. What's the dog's name? Kira. That's Kira. Kira Knightley. Literally named after Kira Knightley. Yeah, I had a crush on her when I found her and adopted the dog, so I named her Kira. <laughs> Shane, this needs to be on the podcast. That that Travis had such a crush, crush on Kira Knightley that he named his dog Kira Knightley. I did. fans and fellow nerds coming in from across the galaxies dave there is so much to talk about so many trailers to get to but first we must tell everyone that we are the nerdy bunch we have loads of content we want you to subscribe comment like and share it helps us out helps the nerdies out and we're doing it for really the nerdy revolution dave the nerdy nerdy revolution revolution we're starting that we're leading the charge I'd say when the Chronicles of Time are written, much like the Patriots that huddled around a tavern in Boston in the 1760s, we huddle around our humble computers leading, whispering this revolution, Dave, that one day nerdies shall have their voice. Dave, I'm coming after you live from a lovely, sunny, beautiful day in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nice. So you're closer to me, Travis. You're closer to me than not. We're bridging the gap, Dave, slowly but surely. Are you coming next week to the screening? I will be coming to the screaming. Nice. The screaming? You coming to the screaming? The screaming. (laughs) Screaming and screening. Yes, (laughs) I will be taking a Greyhound either the morning of or the evening prior, so. Well, I'll see what I can do. I'll make sure, Travis, that the place is suitable for your needs. I appreciate it quite a bit. Talking about suitable... Let's talk about the suitable cast of characters that we have in our first trailer here, Dave, called Triple Frontier. Nice. Five former Special Forces operatives reunite to plan a heist in a sparsely populated multi-border zone of South America. For the first time in their prestigious careers, these unsung heroes undertake this dangerous mission for self instead of country. But when events take an unexpected turn and threaten to spiral out of control, their skills, their loyalties, and their morals are pushed to a breaking point in, in an epic battle for survival. This stars Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Pedro Pascal, and Garrett Hundland. Uh, this is an all-star cast directed by J.C. Chander. Um, Travis, this seems like your kind of... Cup of tea? Your, your cup of tea. So I'll let, you, coffee? I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on this trailer? I really like how in our notes under Ben Affleck, it says Daredevil, LOL, Batman vs. Superman, LOL, LOL. <laughs> That's Shane. <laughs> um, Dave, you know what? I, I I think two things right away about this trailer. Number one, it looks like a good trailer. It's got, you know, it's it's just got that feel of like, ah, oh, this could be a this could be a cool movie. Um, it's a very visceral trailer. Some decent lines in there. Um, the cast looks really good just in the trailer performing. Um I'm thinking two things though, Dave. Number one, I'm very, very, very close of not having faith in Netflix as a production studio. So it just that Netflix attachment just automatically kind of has a takes it down a takes it down a take. It does a little bit, unfortunately, too. It's taking very slow amount of time for Netflix to kind of lose its you know, it's honeymoon season Mm. in in terms of its production quality and and for films. Let's let's specify for film, not TV shows. 
for their films. Depending if that TV show gets picked up by Netflix, i.e. Last Kingdom, which wasn't a bad third season. It wasn't a great third season. Just the BBC certainly had no say in the matter. Um, You know, the trailer, the, the, the cast looks great. The idea of the movie is intriguing. Now, what I'm scared of is like, is this kind of looking like, wow, there could actually be a story here and cool espionage and back and forth, you know, risk and reward and changing scenarios or... Are we just going to get a shoot 'em up movie, Dave? And I'm feeling just because I have very little faith in Netflix, we're just going to get a shoot 'em up movie. Yeah, um, I want to love this trailer. I think on paper, this sounds amazing. When I saw the headline of like these stars in this movie, action movie, a special forces, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm ready. You know, I love these actors. I want to see special forces be badasses. But I, I don't know. I think for me right now, it's leaning very heavily on its cost. Oh, that, a lot. That's I what's mean, selling me more than anything really, else. Really, really good actors in here. Even Ben. I mean, yeah. Ben gets a lot of shit. But no, no, Ben gets shit for his superhero guy. stuff. But Ben Affleck, he can be a great actor when he's in the right, in the right um, project. Right. Uh, I just think he's he was wrong for the DC stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's selling. It's pushing really hard the cost, and I don't know. You know, this could be one of those movies where the, the trailers mislead you, and some of these big names are not the main characters. It would be like something like. Garrett Hudland, he's the main main character, something ridiculous like that. And it also doesn't, it plays with ideas that aren't necessarily unique, but brought together in what could be a unique way. You know, this whole idea of, you know, veteran soldiers who, who the country hasn't done good by them, so they have to take things into their own hands. That's not a new story. That's that we've seen that before, but it does make it different by taking them into like the drug cartel heartland of South America. And I do like the idea that when they say, you know, we're doing this for self, not for country. So there's no backup. There's no, you know, we can't call for help. This is just us. And you either take it or leave it. And I do like that aspect of it, though. You can see from the trailer, the trailer might spoil some things. You have that typical moment of there's clearly going to to be um, some animosity between the team members. Maybe one of them will betray them. I don't know. It just seems like that's going to happen. I don't know. I think the Netflix movie, it's coming out in theaters as well, so that maybe that helps. But I, I don't know. I just think the actors sell me more than the actual trailer itself, though I want it to be good. Dave, I, I'd be happy to walk away watching this movie feeling the same way I did when I watched Tears of the Sun with yes. uh, Bruce Willis. Yes. You know? It's yes. got that, like, Damn. it's, it's you're, not Black you're Hawk for a Down, <laughs> right? It's not Black Hawk Down. But it's it's in that like wow this is actually a better movie than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The actors did very well in it. The production quality was good. The story more or less there. You know, yeah. like felt and IMDb gives it a six point six. Yeah, seven, seven, eight. Like cool. Like that's yeah, what yeah. I want out of this movie. I'm just I'm putting on the Netflix tariff. I am. I'm <laughs> coining it right here. The Netflix tariff. It's yeah. the thing now. I've and if someone's out there to prove me wrong, be like, give me a few Netflix shoutouts that they're like, this is the production studio that gave us. You know this movie. I'd say the only one that I really enjoyed out of this. Well, you know what? Uh, little little shameless plug, everybody. We're gonna be talking Mowgli at some point soon. Um, but you know, this kindergarten teacher was great. So I, I'm not saying that Netflix deserves a huge tariff on it, but I'm just saying that like it's got things going for it, and the only thing that could tear it down is Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I was reading an article the other day by Forbes how Netflix shares dropped 35 percent over the last few days. And it keeps dropping. And again, Travis, you know, I've been saying this for a while. We've Dude, been saying this for a while. We've been saying for a while. Netflix, they, they rested on the laurels. They didn't look at the competition and they're spending a crazy amount of money on content with little evidence of return. They don't share their, their, their financial numbers. So we have to guess. But it's like you don't release in theaters. People are only spending, what, seven bucks a month. But you're, you're putting in a, a crazy amount of content, like 800 hours of content or something like that since the summer. 
it's just insane. And then now you have competition from Disney Plus, who have a, a potentially incredible lineup of stuff just to start off with. Uh, I hear DC's um, streaming service is doing well because people love Titans. It's a great show. I like it as well. Highly recommended. Check that out. And so you have stiff competition, but yet you're still just delivering. Oh, but like it's it's quantity over quality for Netflix right now. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And 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 that's now becoming a problem. It was fine when there was no competition, but I don't know. We'll see what the future bodes for we'll them. We'll see because you we'll know see. people are the 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 jury's still relatively out, at least for myself, on Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And um, you're kind of right. It's like, and we talked about this in previous podcasts. The Netflix is doing kind of a more monopoly style like hey we've made a buckload of money let's just kind of dump it in and we'll get a few good returns but i'd say there's a lot less for there's a lot more forgettable ones than memorable ones coming out from netflix um but again this has got a great cast this has got a great cost unless netflix is like act some other way uh i do have faith in this um this cast to pull it off and if it is a shooter up okay you know what i will watch it on netflix this is a movie i will watch it's on netflix i will watch it i'll watch it with apprehension but i will be watching this Sure, sure. Well, we'll see the, we'll see where that goes. And and just to remind everyone, we are going to be doing Mowgli. Uh, little spoiler on it, at least from my point of view, Dave, is that um, I gave it a lot of shit. I was pleasantly surprised. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We'll go. Ahead. We'll go forward now to a movie kind of like Mowgli, right? A little bit like Mowgli. Let's talk about Godzilla. <laughs> kinda. Yeah, kinda. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Kind of like, kinda like Mowgli. I can <laughs> imagine a, a, a mashup. Mowgli in the world of Godzilla. <laughs> Baloo is like a bajillion feet tall. Yeah, right. Um, the cryptozoological agency Monarch faces off against a battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate ne- nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. This stars Millie Bobby Brown, Vera Farmiga as Sally Hawkins, and is set for... A, oh, and Cal Chandler as well. And it's set for a release May 31st. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Travis... I am super, super excited about this. Um, this is actually a continuing story of, from the previous Godzilla movie, and it's connected to um, Kong Skull Island, and it's leading up, actually leading up to Kong versus Godzilla movie down the line. And so this is like getting me excited for that. Um, we've seen the trailer before. We've talked about the trailer before, and some of my thoughts are similar. I love the visual aesthetic, the visual style they brought to this. Um, they do a very good sense of with scale. Scale and this this kind of filter that they have on the entire movie looks great. Yes, it does. It is the cinematography looks great. It feels you know a lot of giant monster movies put us in the perspective of the monsters. I like it when we see the perspective of the people. Like it reminds us that we are literally ants. You know the scene the scene where um uh what's the character called uh, Rodan the flying kind of winged creature when he's flying and just when he flaps his wings how it just brings up the dust and just decimates a whole town just by flying. You see that scene where when he flaps and just the wind just pulls someone up in the end, just destroys. And something subtle like that, it's like, oh, how did your, your city, your town get destroyed? Oh, a giant winged creature just flapped its wings. Yeah. Something There's, simple as that. There, this, this trailer does phenomenal. I wish this trailer was in IMAX. Yes. The scale yes. of this trailer, even on my little two by two YouTube screen here, um, <laughs> just, I mean, there's the scene where it looks like, it looks like Godzilla is kind of Lying down in front of the Arc de Triomphe, it almost looks like. I don't think that is the Arc. But. Oh, well, well, the scene where there's, there's like, you can see the lava in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was doing some close up look on that, and I kind of had a little bit of knowledge on the Godzilla law of characters. I think that's something like, because in the Godzilla law, he used to be worshipped, right? Uh-huh. He was worshipped. He, he's been around for centuries, and he protected us, and people worshipped him. And I think that's like an area that was created 
for Godzilla. And because I think from the trailer, it's and the first trailer as well, there's, I think there seems to be a connection between Millie Bobby Brown's character and Godzilla. Appears to be. Because in that scene, she's, you see a body, and it's her walking up to him, and he's laying down. And I think there's some kind of connection. I think, because again, Godzilla protects humans as well. And I think we're going to go more into the connection between humans and and Godzilla, and why these monsters are on Earth in the first place, and why Godzilla protects us, and things like that. They did, I must say, I think that they did a wonderful job with this setup world, and the ways that it can go off into many different areas. Um they're sticking true to what I think Pacific Rim should have stuck to, at least in this trailer alone. But that's a different conversation. Uh, the scale of this trailer is phenomenal. The the tone of the trailer is phenomenal. The apocalyptic setting in which, I mean, it's just what you get here is precisely what you said, is that we are ants. We see the enormity of these creatures just devastating our world. And yet, in some way, it's fascinating because we also have a part to play in it. So it's going to be just really exciting to see how they blend that out. But ultimately, this is one of those this is one of those movies where the art format is the reason to go see the movie. And I think that was true with um, the Marvel movies. But this is another one where it's like you can't watch a movie like this without IMAX. I mean, the the gigantic enormity of scale that comes with all three of the creatures and then the face-off i mean it just it looks like it, it honestly looks like a well-done movie of a lunchroom conversation of who would beat who mm. and we're about to see it you know it's funny because what i like about it is it evokes the old godzilla movies you know the old ones where you had actors in costumes fighting in the fighting uh, like in the city destroying buildings but we have that scene an updated version of that right where Godzilla and King Ghidorah see them running at each other, like just running through the city, just smashing everything in their way to charge at each other. So it kind of reminded me of those scenes, but you upgraded it instead. And because usually when you have films like this, where they make movies based on old properties like that, they make it completely different. What I like about this is you're taking the elements of those, like the battles in the city, and you're upgrading them for 2018, other than, as opposed to just ignoring it completely and doing something completely different and just using the character names. You know. I think this is taking more than just the names. Um, I'm sure we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot more monsters. We've seen a couple of monsters in this trailer. We see King Ghidorah. We see Mothra, a new version of Mothra. Mothra is the, literally in the old ones a giant moth and looks stupid. This one they've added a more menacing look to to her. Mothra is a is a female monster, and but I'm sure we're gonna get others. There's hints that we might have get other some ones. Pterodactyl looking dude. Yes, that's looks Rodan. Like there's something with uh, no, that's the that's King Ghidorah. Yeah, King, King Ghidorah. Ghidorah looks awesome. Oh, so he King Ghidorah. Fun fact. Really cool. King Ghidorah has three heads, and each head is played by a different motion capture um, actor. Oh, yeah? Kind of, yeah, to give a distinct um, difference between the heads. That's pretty cool. And we also have, Dave, a um, we also have uh, Thomas Middlich from Silicon Valley, oh, Silicon Valley. also yes. playing in this, yes. which is, I really like that. And the first thing that pops in my head is like, okay, this is like a Charlie Day role in, <laughs> you know, in, in, the other in Pacific Rim, oh, Pacific Rim yeah, which yeah. is all good because I, I really like Thomas. I think he's hilarious and you know, can, he has that scientific look to him and whatnot. My question is, is that who is the one scene wonder in this one? Kind of like Brian Cranston was in the first one. Just to sell tickets. They're like, oh, Brian Cranston's in this film. And then he dies. And then, <laughs> and then, he's, then he's gone. I think it's going to be Charles Dance's character. Um, but if Charles Dance has a huge part in this film, I can't wait because he is phenomenal. For those who doesn't know who Charles Dance is, most famously, currently most famous role is playing Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. But he has a prolific um, 
career prior to that. Um, what's so, the, there's the other actor, what's his name? Uh, Asian actor, who in the first Godzilla, he was like, let them fight. <laughs> Love it. You know uh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, he's in this as well. I'm going to do a quick scroll. I'm going to see how many scroll downs I can go to because <laughs> Ken Watanabe is in so much stuff. Oh, gosh. This is what happens when you can break through as an Asian actor in America. You're just casted for everything. Him and the guy that played in Lost for a while. I forget his name, too. Um, it, it looks good. I'm very excited for this film. It can't come soon enough. That's coming out May 31st, everybody. Check it out and get excited and find yourself in a location that has an IMAX 3D theater. If you don't, Definitely. I don't, I can't, I can't recommend this movie without it being properly seen as the director meant it to be seen. So I agree. Dave, this next one I want to talk about is a lot of that. I, I, I want to know your thoughts on this. Um, mine are very little just because I'm not a huge scary movie dude. So I saw the trailer <laughs> and it frightened the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> but I want to know your perspective on this style or this genre type of, of, um, of narrative and then if this is actually a comic book or has some reference to the dc universe so we're going to be talking about brightburn coming up memorial day what if a child from another world crash landed on earth but instead of becoming a hero to mankind he proved to be something far more sinister um if that sounds familiar yes this is taking the superman archetype and saying well what if he came here for evil uh, intentions and not good intentions um, as a trailer, I actually like what they do with this because clearly they are very much aware of the Superman parallels. The story was written as a, a what if Superman story. So having a trailer follow those parallels was smart. It opens up like a Superman trailer. You have the, 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 the music that sounds like Superman music. You have the cinematography shots. You know, it, like I, I remember the Man of Steel trailer where you saw the wheat fields and all that kind of stuff. And so they kind of do the same thing with the music selection and the, and the shot selection. So you think it's building up. And even Elizabeth Banks' character is like, oh, we wanted a child and one sent us to you. So you're really thinking, oh, this is Superman's story until it has that twist. And yes, like Travis mentioned earlier, there is a kind of a horror twist. I, I don't know if I want to say quite horror, 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 but there is a, a twist where the kid is actually possibly evil. Um, this is, a, this is not based on any existing comic property, but this is an idea that has been explored many times in comics of what if Superman was bad. In fact, there's even another one where what if Superman landed in Russia. It's in called, Russia? It's called oh Superman, Superman Red Sun. It's really good. Um, but yeah, this idea, there's a, there's a comic book called Superior, written by, I think it's Mark Millar, who did Kingsman. And Superior plays on that same idea of what if the Superman type archetype was evil. And so from this, so that's nothing new there, but I'm actually surprised it's taken this long to do this in film, to be honest. That's how uh, not new the, the idea is. However, I think they are doing it in a good way. It looks, in terms of visually, it looks uh, decent. I like the idea that this kid could have possibly been sent here to kill us, you know, as the first wave. There's been Superman stories where that, that has been the setup where it's like, oh, what if Superman was sent here? He didn't accidentally crash. He was sent here to be the first wave to take us out, to prepare us for an invasion. And I think that's what this story is playing on. Um, I, I find it hilarious how they're really pushing James Gunn as if he had big deal to do with this. He didn't. Yeah, well, it <laughs> seemed like this is his creation, right? That's how they yeah, make it. They really push it. He's a producer on this, so if you, you know, though his brothers Brian and Mark Gunn, they wrote it. Wow. Um, yeah, they're the ones that. Could wrote you it. imagine the conversation around the coffee, the the, the, the breakfast table? <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like James is getting <laughs> from producer James yeah. Gunn. Gosh. So, so again, again, from from the idea of doing a Superman, a different take on Superman that isn't a parody. I like that concept. I like it on the conceptual level. 
Um, I just hope that this has more to it than a boy with superpowers going around killing people. Yeah, because, I, I think that's absolutely correct. It's like, what's the motive? And I, we don't get any form of that no, in, in this trailer at all. No, no. Um, it seems to be and, that he's doing what he's doing because he's triggered. Because there's a line where the dad is like, oh, did you find the spaceship? And the mom is like, no, I think he was drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of his actions are based on instinct of what he was sent to Earth for. So he's just reacting. But like you said, to what to what end? What is to the what point? Yeah. What is the point? What, what is the motive? Because this... I mean, this child goes through enough trouble to sew him a really pretty decent cape with the mask and the whatnot. It's quite horrifying, actually, in the final scene when yeah. he's taking down the door with the laser vision or whatever have you, and then he just appears in that creepy... I mean, I'm telling you, that's like <laughs> creepy as heck. That, but And that's the question. is like, is he just here to kill off what apparently looks like graveyard shift diner waitresses or is there a, a bigger narrative to this so i guess in my rubric of asking questions it does ask a question to what ends is this kid doing this and you know we're not averse to movies like damien where the devil's inside and whatnot but he's from a different planet so it's interesting to see where this narrative goes and what his what the i guess protagonist is going to do to stop him yeah i think um, i think if I were to guess, I think the point of the movie is going to focus on the parents, and they have to stop him. You know, they wished they wished for it. Your parents who wished for a kid, your wish came true. Your kid's an evil kid. You've got to stop him. He's evil. Well, us and one million seven hundred eighty-six thousand six hundred ninety other people are wondering the exact same thing. Damn, one million. That's it. One million seven hundred eighty-six thousand six hundred ninety views on YouTube currently. Brightburn. Dave, does that name have any connotation either? Is Brightburn? Um, I mean, Superman, there's a lot of connections with solar power. His power comes from the sun. He's bright, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know. Maybe that's where they're playing with, Brightburn. Yeah, it's interesting to see if they, I mean, I wonder. Like it's so bright, of, it burns. Yeah, a lot of things to ponder. I mean, if they didn't say Superman right out of the, uh, out of the you know, right out of the box or right out of the gate, if people would have made that connection, because this on its own is a pretty decent idea just for a film itself but um you know obviously getting people in just to have that superman connotation and then i'm pretty sure that's probably why james gunn is attached to this film more than just a yeah you know they are pushing that superhero thing so yeah. it'll be interesting the to see of guardians of the galaxy I'm like it's got nothing to do with guardians of the galaxy it's nothing like not guardians of the galaxy except for, except for it has not aliens <laughs> and an alien um, <laughs> and, and just a quick note it's like how quickly does hollywood turn around from shaming james gunn into using him as a promotional device <laughs> right. for the next movie it's just gosh hollywood is having itself a year we're not even gonna i think we should talk about kevin hart's thing at the end but mm -hmm. it is it is having a star year here in hollywood yeah um this is a movie that i don't know it could go either way it could be a new chronicle mm-hmm or it could just be trash, I, and I don't, I, I, I really don't know right now. Uh, and I think also make what hurts it in a weird, in a weird, very weird way. And I don't know, I don't believe I'm saying this, but what kind of hurts it is that the recent Superman movies have been dark. <laughs> so it's like it doesn't really juxtapose as they want as much as they wanted to because the DC films already went dark. So this just feels like it could be in the same universe in a weird way, as it's opposed so true. to <laughs> as opposed so, to different universe. So true. <laughs> Spoiler alert, at the end, uh, he comes across evil billionaire Bruce Wayne, who's also like, let's take everyone down, but wait, what's your mother's name first? No, All right, no, overused no. Real joke, let's move on. Real spoiler, Travis, is that at the very end, once they become friends, good old Steven Wolf enters, enters the picture. Steven Wolf! <laughs> 
The Chronicles of Stephen Wolf. Chronicles of Stephen Wolf. <laughs> Stephen Wolf is. This is where I picture Stephen Wolf Chronicles going. He's a young countryside boy named Steve. Named Steve. He just goes by Steve at that point. Who moved to New York to find the big city in his hopes and dreams of acting. Gets, and, and, and his 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 um, agent said you should go by Stephen. Stephen. Yeah. Stephen. What's your last name? Wolfenstein. Cut it down. Yeah. Wolf. All right. <laughs> Stephen Wolf is now born as an actor. Um, and it's just the saga of his, you know, romantic life in New York and yeah. his five friends and how they get along. You know, it's a, and then he goes off and battles a whole bunch of people. Yeah. But in my saga, he wins. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. <laughs> to keep it alive. Um, speaking of keeping it alive, Dave, uh, a, a a pretty um, the first thing I thought about in this next trailer is that is this somehow tied to the? Uh, it's not Devil May Cry. Um, What's the Umbrella Project in... Resident Evil. Resident Evil, thank you. Oh, this was a Resident Evil trailer. It doesn't look like it, though. Let's talk about the Umbrella Academy. On the same day in 1989, 43 infants are inexplicably born to random, unconnected women who showed no signs of pregnancy the day before. Seven are adopted by Sir Reginald Hargreaves, a billionaire industrialist who creates the Umbrella Academy and prepares his children to save the world. Uh, this is actually a series for Netflix, so it's funny that we started off this... this podcast talking about netflix movie and we're ending it talking about netflix series oh the the loveliness of life look at that unexpected commonality look at that this stars a whole bunch of people but uh most notably ellen page um this is actually based on a comic book of the same name and so there is a, there is um an original content for this uh i really like this how this trailer is done i love the 80s music uh, i think it's one of those trailers you know sometimes you get a trailer right from the beginning it just hits you like yeah i'm in i'm in for this ride I'm in for this. And I think the music helped me a lot. You know, it's nice. and, and even the narration, it kind of has this kind of fun. It knows what it is. It owns what it is. Uh, look to it. Um, I'm happy this is a series, not a movie. I think there's a lot to be explored, a lot of potential to be explored in a series as opposed to a movie. Um, I like the fact that we have the talking monkey in this. <laughs> His name is Pogo. You see him very briefly. If you, it's a kind of a blink and you miss it kind of moment. I think I did mix it. Yeah, I'm looking through the trailer now, trying to find Mr. Pogo. Yeah, Pogo, talking monkey, and you also have Mary J. Blige, who plays an assassin called Cha Cha. Um, what I found interesting as well in this trailer, did you notice, Travis, when they're going through the numbers of the kids, like one, two, three, four, five, seven? Uh -huh. Six is skipped. Why is six skipped? Who's six? Uh -huh. Yeah, I had to rewind the trailer like three times. Like, wait, did I just miss six? Because it shows one, two, and it goes to seven. They skip six. I wonder why they skip six. Oh, interesting. Six, eight, seven. <laughs> <laughs> six, eight, seven. And then one of the kids, he says uh, uh, something along the lines of, I saw the future or something like that. I think he's, he's, his powers he's, his powers are the ability to see the future. So there's something happening. Um, Travis, what are your thoughts on this? First thought is that at 44 seconds, Pogo does make a very brief view. <laughs> yes. He opens the door and then it shuts right away. Yes, the very, very brief. Sequence. Good catch. Um, well, I know the comic, so it's like I know I knew what to look out for because I've read the comic hmm. itself. I'd say it's probably a comic to pick up beforehand and, and see if it's not too long of a comic because it, it does have a great feel to it. Um, the trailer feels it feels good. It's not a whole lot in here. Um, the concept's really cool. I kind of wish there's a little bit more setup for it. Like I, I feel like it's kind of assuming that this just feels good, but doesn't give. You know, like you said, there's yeah. This feels more like a on, teaser. What? This feels more like a teaser than anything else. It does feel more like a teaser. I don't feel like I, besides six, seven, some of the can, little, little, uh, 
little things in there like skipping six uh, and then Pogo also. But it, it feels like this should be something a little bit more developed in, in, if this is their trailers one shot at it. Um, and it doesn't walk away with me saying, oh, what, you know, what's this all about? Is it an academy? Uh, I didn't get the academy feel. So I, I'd say that it's intriguing, but not a great trailer. Intriguing enough where I would want to see another trailer. And it, suffice it to say, though, Dave, I'll probably watch this regardless, though. I think it's one of those trailers where it's, it's, a lot of it is in the narration, a lot of the setup. Um, when the guy says, because the intriguing elements at least are in the narration more so. When the guy, when the voice says, you know, a whole bunch of women got pregnant and they weren't pregnant the, the day before. Yeah, you know, like 40, so what, and then 43 of them or 49 of them, but why did he only pick seven out of the 49? And then do all 49 have abilities and powers? So do these seven, so what, why these seven and what, what are the, what are the other 49 doing? You know, and yeah, I think, where are the rest? you know, and not other 49, the other 42, I should say. Um, what are they doing? You know, and, and, I think we also, from one of the synopsis I, re I read, we pass, we go through passage of time because we, the movie picks up when th these kids are in their late 20s, early 30s. And so it's like, and so I'm curious to see, okay, what is this world like? Because this is, this is, seems to be throwing us into the deep end of superhero, like, stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And abilities. It just throws in there. They have the mask. They have ability. It doesn't explain it. It just throws you right in It just there. throws it in. Yeah. It's very assuming. Yeah. It is a very assuming trailer. So is this a world where people like this have existed before these kids or are these kids the first generation of superpowered people and how did it all happen? I, I think those elements are what intrigued me. Who did, were they created? Again, these women, they weren't pregnant the day before. Suddenly they- So Dave, got a question for you then. Is a trailer good in the sense that if you think about it enough, you're gonna start asking these questions? We're allotted our time to sit here and say, all right, we're gonna take 24 hours or about um, and, and talk this out and start developing our own questions. But in a trailer, if you've got my attention for two minutes and I'm not, and I don't have this back and forth with someone else, I think not a great trailer. I don't think in that regard, but I also think it depends on, on who you're trying to target with that specific trailer. Right. I think again, for good or bad, I think it, it remains to be seen over time, whether it works or not. I think when you get certain type of nerd centric TV shows and movies, a lot of people assume that the people who are watching this, because this is clearly aimed at nerd. This is not trying to get the average Netflix viewer to watch. Well, I the, think the fact that they promote Ellen Page is a little bit of that, but you're a, right. A little bit of it, I, I guess. But I, th I think Ellen Page, she likes to pick these kind of random projects as well. It's something that she, she tends to do. But I also think it's this, this specific trailer is for the nerds, right, who like superior stuff. And as nerds, even if you don't do a podcast, we're having this discussion about, ooh, what does this mean? What is that? You know, nerds tend to have these kind of discussions. And I'm taking this as a teaser trailer. You know, um, a, lot of, a lot of these superhero movies tend to play on the assumption that you have some kind of prior knowledge to nerd content or you know how these things work. I mean, we're not going to go into it because uh, Raven and I spoke at length about this already, but look at the uh, Avengers Endgame trailer. If you don't know anything about those Avengers, you're, you're going to look at that and say, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you're going to be so confused. You're going to be very confused. Yet the trailer, again, I, whether it works or not, again, remains to be seen. But some of these trailers for nerd-centric stuff, are, I think, are done with the intent to, to spark a conversation and say, what does that mean? What is this? What is this? And kind of tease you. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, and mm -hmm. I think um, I do agree with you with, with this one. Again, for better or for worse, they're not aiming at the, the regular uh, viewer. 
However, I think subsequent trailers could change that. Again, like we see this with Avengers movies. The first teaser trailer is always for the fans, and then later trailers show us all the, the glitz of the pizzazz and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to draw in other people. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, this is Netflix, so I think they don't have to work as hard no. because it's, 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 it will already be streaming to people's houses. So you don't have to convince people to leave their house to go to the theater. So you have that added, added benefit. And like we said at the beginning of this podcast, I, we trust Netflix series more than their movies. And this being a series and not a movie, I have higher hope than not. And actually, find one final note for, for fans. Um, the writer and artist of the comic book are heavily involved in this, which I always see is a good sign. You know, sign. Get, get the original writers and creators involved, unless it's Fantastic Beasts. Little jab, little jab. Don't say that. <laughs> or, or Star Wars, I would say that. Or... <laughs> Pour one out for Wanted. What could have been? Maybe we'll get that one day. I would love to see Wanted come out for what it is. Oh my gosh! Don't don't start me on that, in, Travis. Don't start me on that. In this world of just, it's funny that you bring up Wanted because I think in a in a world where we get stuff like Umbrella Academy, I could see Wanted happening coming back. Right. I could see. And that. I think in our society and how twisted and upside down it is, it's a perfect time to to put out a Wanted film. Yes. And this one would, could really own the fact that he's a villain i think yeah, the, the, the original evil. film tried to yeah the original film tried to give him kind of just make him relatable like no he's not supposed to be relatable he's no, a no one in that film was actually <laughs> in anything it was, oh my gosh i mean you could honestly sue for libel i mean for a like defam- defamation laws i mean it's just such an it was such not what it was it was incredible that might be a uh, look back um yeah look back uh, uh, a podcast there uh all right, well, we'll see where that goes, guys. Ooh, if you are interested I had an idea for a in... podcast, Travis. Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. We should do a podcast. We should call it Source Material, where we, ah. you know, where we compare the source material to the movie. Good point. I Ooh, like it. Source Material. There. Chain, Gosh, write it down. Do it a keep a whole up. thing for Harry Potter in that regard. It took a long, <laughs> long, long time. Uh, speaking of, so finally to wrap up here. Um, hey, guys, the Umbrella Academy is out February 15th of next year. So coming up rather quickly we're almost done with 2018 and what a year it was dave we've got a couple things we've got an awaited uh, avengers the final shawarma as i like to call it and what it should have been named coming up um it's been a good year for movies good year for content but an interesting year just for uh for hollywood in, gen- in general i think we'd be remiss not to talk about at least acknowledge the fact that kevin hart's um situation with the Academy, and now the Academy saying no host. What do you think of the no host uh, trail, Dave? I think they're saying no host because nobody wants the buddy job. I totally agree. Um, when when Kevin Hart was announced to be the host, I was surprised he took it. I think, and, and I mentioned this briefly in our nerdy in our nerdy report. I didn't really go into it because I had no one to discuss this, discuss it with. But I I think nobody wants the gig because it's a tough gig because you are expected to be amazing, but you can't fuck up not once. You expect to be amazing. You expect to emulate whatever pedestal, high pedestal Hollywood thinks it's on. I mean, dig. I mean, you're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be funny, but then you can't be. You, you have to be kind of. You're supposed be to be perfect. Be I careful mean, you with your jokes. You're supposed to be perfect. Yeah, you're I, supposed to be perfect. Not only perfect, but perfect for whatever time and and scenario Hollywood is in in that moment. And you have to be the best Oscar host they've ever had. Ever. 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 You can't be you second be, if you're not you the be, best so many things you gotta be political you can't be political you gotta be pc but you also gotta be edgy i mean to have a comedian on like kevin hart and then go in seven years ago to find his stuff i'm 
uh, there's a lot to say on it. I don't think we should say it all, but I think that this was a rash move. Um, I think I, see, yeah, I, it's I don't one of those situations. Ever want this gig because they're gonna have to go through the scrutiny of of the seven year you know purity check and gosh, who are you gonna have? I mean, you're gonna have the kids from the you're gonna have the kids from uh stranger things because they haven't had enough time to screw up anything you know like childhood actors it's one of those situations where i understand both sides of the of the, of the conversation and it's it's an ongoing conversation right as many of these things are there's no real answer and i think from what, what i think what kevin mistake he made i understand where he was coming from or what he was trying to say you know that that some of these things happened in the past and he has dealt with it and he has apologized for it but his reaction was what I think was what the issue was. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, yes, I do believe that people need to be given second chances if someone is genuine and they apologize and they're genuine and sincere with their apology. I do believe people deserve second chances. But that being said, those people have to be remember that this is always going to be there with you. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. That's a fact. It's always going to be there with you. And you can't get mad if it's brought up. You just have to just take it. And you know, Kevin, he said things like, you know, this happened in the past, blah, blah. He could be more tact, he could use more tact with how he responded. You know, you can't just lash out to people and be like, well, this was just years ago, guys. Why are you bringing it up again? Because people just hear the aggression. You could have said that same thing and, and say, you know, guys, this was years ago. You know, I still apologize. I am the man I am today because I recognize the things I did wrong then. And I have apologized before, but I will continue to apologize because I know that people are still affected by things like this. You know, like there's ways to kind of say what you want to say. You know, I'm not saying he should he should he should have kept quiet and not said anything because I think he's 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 right to say his part. He's right to be able to say, you know, I have dealt with this. Stop bringing this up. I just but I just think how he said it was the issue. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a perfect storm really because you're asking a comedian who's supposed to be you know, counter culture um or analytical in the sense, but you know, maybe we'll see an Oscarless Oscars and no one will tune in and I don't know what's going to happen. I was going to say, I just think this is just... It's, it's unfortunate because you have what... what Now, because Kevin is not going to be in the Oscars, not saying that that would have heightened or lowered their ratings or viewership regardless, but now you've got explicitly no host. And it's not like... For folks that think that they can just go pick up a host, it's not correct. I mean, hosts work on their material for a very long time for the Oscars. So it's not like you can just plug in a host in, Here's in the script. <laughs> two months to go do this, right? Yeah. So it's a shame because if people don't tune into the Oscars for whatever reason, there's a litany of reasons why you don't want to tune into the Oscars. But if, if it's just host based, well, then now whatever movie wins and whatever actors win, they won't get notor you know, the, the notoriety and the sales and all the things that affects their own careers go down too. So it's not everything is just individual. Um, I think we should all remember that. And, and yeah, you know, your history follows you and so it is truly a perfect storm that can happen these days. I think this is also though, it's just one of those extra, you know, you know the straw that broke the camel's back, that, that saying, I think it's just one of those things. Can you say that anymore? PETA just came out with a whole litany of things that you can't say, so. <laughs> the straw that, you can't say the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> the straw that, that broke another straw's back, perhaps. Um, but I think I think it's with, with the Academy, that's a perfect uh, uh, analogy because in this situation, because the Academy's had a lot of problems before this, and this is just an extra thing. It's been losing viewership over the years. They can't connect with the younger demographic. I think that's why they try to bring in people like Kevin Hart. But it's just, another, oh, there you go, another nail in the coffin. There you go, can I say that? 
don't know. <laughs> Who knows anymore? It's another nail in the coffin for the Academy. People care less and less. Every year, I'm just like, you know, fuck this shit. Like, I've already made a point that I'm not going out of my way to watch every movie. I used to do that every year. And what would happen is half the movies I watched absolutely just, I found to be trash and just overrated. And I'm just like, I'm watching this just to watch it, just to say I watched it. Forget that. And so I'm not doing that anymore. I'm only going to watch movies that I'm actually interested in. If they happen to be Academy nominated movies, that's fine. But I'm not going to watch it because it's an Academy nominated. I don't even know if I'm going to watch the Oscars, to be honest. They're just, I don't, I don't care. Other, right. I think there are other better awards. I just think the Oscars have lost their luster. It's all about this elitist Hollywood movement. And the movies that we actually like don't get nominated. They don't get recognition. Right. So why? I mean, there's, there's such a discussion to have on so many of the movies that are nominated and movies that are not nominated. And it's all to kind of... It's, it's not for the benefit of film anymore. It's for the benefit of the what Hollywood looks like and stands for yeah, and yeah. all this stuff, you know? It's yeah. like, even if that movie is better, but it's it's not intersectional enough or it's not X, Y, or Z enough. It's like, well, then it's not going to get, you know. Exactly, exactly. It's not going to get seen. So I'm kind of with you, Dave. Um, perhaps it's for a larger conversation across the nerdies to see, you know, are we going to watch it this year? Are there other awards that we want to check out? I mean, are there the smaller venues, the film festivals that deserve more highlight than they do so i think that there's a bit of a shift here and and really kevin's involvement and it kind of broadened this debate on the fuck do we really give a shit about the academy for travis i think we need to do a nerdy bunch awards boom i'm in there we should do a nerdy bunch awards we should have best film but different categories and i think one of the categories should be best trailer i like that we should do that i think yeah actually let's do that let's do that in, in prep for when we do it to come out around the same time as the academy so we have time because i was thinking of doing it before the end of the year but there's not enough time let's do it for um, February, I think the, the awards are in February. And so we can have like our choices. We can also have uh, our nerdies, they can choose. You know, we can put out there every week a selection of movies and trailers. You know, we're gonna start that. We'll do the, ner like the nerdy awards. Like the nerdy awards. Yes. So look out for that, guys. Very good, I like it a lot, guys. Check out for that, check out for the Mowgli talk that's gonna be coming up. We've got content coming out every single day, whether it be rooftop talks, news. Oh, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, that review's coming up. I'll tell you this, it is fan fantastic travis the best comic book movie i have seen this December year 17th i get to put my eyes on it yeah there you go i'm very excited which is the same day that i'm coming up for the bumblebee look at that ah, look wow, at that 17th you know what? i will watch quite you know when you come me you and Double koki, feature me you and koki let's go watch uh spider-man in imax i'm totally do it. it'll it's be my third time watching it but i don't mind i will do this third time yeah, i'm watching it again tonight wow well I would expect nothing less, David. I mean, I really would. I'm very happy for you. I know that you're really, I mean, I saw Harry Potter seven times. You know why I know that? Because Emma Watson only saw it five, and she said that, so I watched it seven times. <laughs> That's right. And my nomination will be going to uh, Fantastic Beasts, and then I think my Lifetime Achievement Award has to go to the director of the epic trilogy, Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. Just Did you hear fantastic. that he's, he's kind of going back to some of his old movies and restoring them? He did, he did a lot of horror back in the day, like really well, grotesque horror. You know what he went and did, and no one's going to know this, but he uh, colorized and oh, we did a whole bunch of World War One. Oh, was it one? Okay, I thought it was yeah. two. Which should be, I want to go see it. I think it might be playing in some of the smaller theaters, and that's just to me like... Was it, that, was it called what, They Will Never Die or something like that? Uh, they Will Not Know Your Name or something, something above, like, yeah. something like that. Yeah, but yeah. that would be, I mean, I'm. that's going to be, it's going to be a film. Yeah. I think that's going to be really, really something. But that, if I do see it, if it's out here, then I will let you know, um, and I can kind of sum up that also. So 
something else to look forward to, guys. Look at this. When you listen to the end of the podcast, you just get in real time some ideas here <laughs> that's raw. You don't get this on other podcasts. But that will conclude our bunch of trailers for this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed them. Please let us know what you think about them. Me and Dave have strong opinions, but I'm sure you do too. So please let us know. And while you're there, like, subscribe, share, and comment on the podcast. It does help a lot in the iTunes store. But more importantly, we just want to hear what your thoughts are and engage with the nerdies because we know you're out there. Part of the revolution. It starts right now. And with that said, guys, David. Keep it nutty, guys. Keep it nerdy, everybody. See you later.